0: And welcome to a brand new episode of Oh Shoot. I thought a lot about how to do this episode because it is a pretty big one. Like a lot of major things go down in this movie and we get introduced to some new characters. And, you know, not only that, but it is a pivotal movie for our Avengers. And it really changes the course of how things go down. And it is one hell of a way to get phase three started and and everything that happens in this movie impacts where our heroes are placed during the infinity war and the start of it and it carries on into endgame a little bit as well however all that being said though one of the major things that happens in this movie is the division between our heroes We get Team Iron Man and Team Captain America, and this is something that has literally divided fans as well. The amount of fights I have seen over social media over this is actually insane, but from it actually comes an interesting discussion, which is why in this episode, I have four fantastic guests to discuss where they stand. I have Emma and Robbie speaking for Team Iron Man and Sean and Alvin speaking for Team Captain America. I loved speaking with each of them, and they all made some fantastic points. And if you happen to only want to listen to that bit of the episode, the timestamps are in the description box below. So check that out if you happen to only want to hear the discussion between those two teams. And I will note that each of them were recorded separately. So if you, you know, only happen to want to listen to my girl Emma talk, her timestamps are also going to be below. So, you know, all the information is there. Now, while those conversations are fantastic, I definitely have a lot to say about the movie itself. So why not get into that now? So I'm going to start on a lighter note for sure, because shit does get a little heavy throughout this movie, specifically in regards to how the relationships change between our characters. But all that aside, I absolutely have to talk about the introduction of Spider Man. My boy, Peter Parker. It is literally no secret that I love Spider Man and that he is one of my favorite superheroes. So, this is a discussion that I, I, I want to have. <laughs> what's, how, but, you know, what's also not a shock is that I have a lot of love for Tom Holland. I highly respect him as a person and as an actor. I've seen a lot of his films, and I um, some of them are okay. Some of them aren't that great, but he he definitely shines through in them, despite any um, poor directing or poor story writing. You know, he does well with what he's given. And you know what? I definitely see him doing many many great things in the future. He's also pretty cute, you know? And I I mean, I can hear my friends in the distance go, you're full of shit. But anyway, they know, because they know the love I have for this guy. But point is, Spider-Man, I love his introduction. The entire scene where we get the shot of Queens with left hand free playing, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. And what I find funny is how a lot of people will associate the song with Outer Banks because fair. I I think of Outer Banks as well when it comes on. But my core memory of it is definitely meeting Peter for the first time. And now I know a lot of people don't love the way we get to meet Peter in the MCU because it's very different than previous times in that it's not an origin story. And frankly, I prefer it that way. We've seen the origins of Spider-Man before. That's an old story. We all know it. But But not doing that is what I think makes it very unique. They needed a way to introduce him in time into the MCU, and the best way to do that was to have another character bring him into the picture. And what's great is that we got a nice little taste of his strength in this movie, particularly when he catches Bucky's Punch when fighting. And honestly, I love everything about that scene. It's one of my favorites of the whole movie because the look on Bucky's face when he catches it, oh, it is iconic. And how Peter is just fascinated by Bucky's arm, and then later by Sam's suit. It's just the way he's chatting to them while fighting. It's adorable, it's hilarious, and it very much lightens the situation as well. And then there is the scene where he's fighting with Steve a little. And he does pretty well for a bit. And it's clear that Steve admires his strength and his skill set. And there is actually something I want to talk about because a lot of people shit on Steve being like, oh my God, like he could have seriously hurt Peter. What the hell? He was on about Wanda just being a kid earlier in the movie. And then he does this to Peter, who's actually a kid. Now, listen. First of all, you realize how old Steve is. Like, what year was he born? 1918. Anyone who was younger than him, anyone who was born past, like, the 50s is a kid to him. Settle down. But anyway, listen, listen, I get it. He went a bit hard with Peter, but he did not go nearly as hard as he would with anyone else. And this point is brought up in Homecoming when Tony tells Peter, trust me, kid, if Cap wanted to lay you out, he would have. That's a fact. That is a fact. And a thing to note really is how intelligent and strategic Steve is. He was able to quickly take note of Spider-Man's strength and knew that if he brought down that platform on him, it wouldn't just squash him. He'd be able to hold on to it. So Steve didn't do that with the intent of squashing our little bug boy. It was just to distract him and stall him for a bit. And I have to say that because I've seen it so many times on TikTok. And it's a little annoying because the logic is right there. (laughs) But some people don't want to see it. And on that note of being annoyed by videos about this that I see on TikTok that annoy me, I forgot about one, because this is something I have been seeing quite a bit recently, and I got thoughts. I got lots of thoughts. So a lot of people constantly shit on Tom Spider-Man. First of all, screw that energy. We don't like that here, okay? We love and appreciate every single rendition of Spider-Man we have gotten, Uh, whether that be live action, animated, no matter what it is they are all amazing in their own way. Okay. Okay. But this one is specifically on those who say Tom is too skinny or that his Spider-Man is way too lean or young looking. And that's just straight, that is just straight up some bullshit. Because first of all, Peter Parker is a literal teenager. Most of the time when they're comparing these Peters They're also comparing them to like an animated version or a comic book version where Peter is out of high school. And also, are we really going to get into the conversation of having direct live action versions of how characters look in comics? That is a whole other discussion. And I, mm, I, that's a big discussion to have. And that is, we're not going to have that right now, but, or in general, I don't know if I want to have that conversation because it's not a good idea guys. But anyway, anyway, point is Peter, Peter's a child. He's like 14 years old in this movie. Okay. Of course he's going to look young. And the thing also is that Tom is the youngest one to play a live action Peter compared to Toby and Andrew. I think he was something like 19 years old. When he was filming for a civil war, he might have been 18. I'm, I don't quite remember. And as for looking a little lean, what the fuck does that even mean? And how is that even a valid argument? Because once again, he is a teenager. And second of all, having massive muscles don't mean shit. That doesn't equate to how strong you are. Spider Man is one of the strongest characters. Like, I'm talking physical strength, right? He is one of the strongest heroes we have. He doesn't have a body like a fucking Hulk. <laughs> like I, I can't. Anyway, let's, let's move on from that because this conversation does get me a little heated. It's anyway, I have a lot of love and appreciation for Tom Holland's Spider-Man, and I don't think he deserves to get shit on. Anyway. Next I really 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 want to talk about the brilliance of Zemo as a villain because he is actually one of my favorite villains we get within the MCU. He is one of the most well-written villains we get especially compared to the ones we got earlier in the movies. And this is something I have discussed before. We have gone a number of villains who are just incredibly flat characters you they have zero layers to them you hardly understand their motivation where they're from what their purpose even is and they just kind of come on screen do what they need to do and then they usually just die at the end or they get arrested you know it's very rare that we get a proper villain I'm not saying we haven't gone that before but i'm saying it's a rare occurrence now if we're with zemo he is incredibly well-rounded and his plan was very well thought out and like I kind of mentioned before, we get a lot of villains who die at the end of the movie, but he just gets arrested and taken into custody at the end of this one. And one of the other exceptions is, of course, Loki. But I think that is also a very unique situation. And that's also because Loki is such a big character and such an important one within the MCU. So, I mean, there's that whole thing where I, would, I wouldn't I would even really paint him as a big, bad villain. anyway. Unique situation. That is that is the point. With Zemo, though, it's the point of this conversation. I'm getting completely sidetracked. Zemo. This damn mastermind successfully divided the Avengers. Of course, the Sokovia Accords did play a massive part in this, but he planned for Bucky to be framed for the bombing at the UN meeting in Vienna. And this, of course, prompted Steve to go after Bucky And try to you know be the one to bring him in instead of allowing Bucky to get arrested. So he goes after him with Sam, and we get that epic chase with them and T'Challa, aka Black Panther, which is another fantastic character we get to meet for the very first time in this movie. Now T'Challa is going after Bucky because his father T'Chaka was killed by the bombing. So for him, it very much is revenge because. He lost his father. Now, now I'm very much betting that Zemo didn't think that would happen, but it certainly helped with his plan. And the thing to remember is that he wanted to divide the Avengers, bring discourse among them, and basically just let them ruin themselves. He couldn't hit them with force. He couldn't give them a situation like the previous movies, because then they would work together to bring him down. What he had to do was make it very, very personal. And the focus couldn't be on him. He couldn't be in the spotlight of it all. Zemo wasn't looking for power. He wasn't looking for the secret to some conspiracy. He wasn't trying to overthrow someone. He wasn't trying to create a massive weapon or anything at all. He was simply angry. He was angry and devastated by the loss of his family and the loss of his country and all those who died. He blamed the Avengers and he wanted them to pay. And that was it. He was an angry, heartbroken man. And we see that at the end of the movie, when he saw the success in his actions, he divided them and caused them to attack one another. So with that, he was going to make the choice to join his family and end his life. That is until T'Challa stopped him from doing so. And thank goodness for him, because we get to see him again in The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. And I am absolutely certain we will see him again in the future. And I'm very excited for that. I love Daniel Brühl. I think he is phenomenal. He played this role incredibly well. Now, in regards to Bucky, though, we see him go full Winter Soldier in this movie, thanks to Zemo. And once again, it sheds a lot of light on what Bucky had gone through and how he was brainwashed, tortured, and manipulated into becoming the Winter Soldier. And I feel like this is something that needs to always be said. The Winter Soldier and Bucky are not the same. They are two different people. Because James Buchanan Barnes would not do the things the Winter Soldier was made to do. When the Winter Soldier is unlocked, there is no inhibition there is a thick, strong wall between that mind and Bucky's mind, And you need to really break it down to reach Bucky. But my point really is, you can't hold Bucky accountable for everything the Winter Soldier did because Bucky did not have any control. He was trapped inside. And it wasn't until the events of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when he was able to break from it. And that was only because of speed. So then when we get the scene where we all learn, and Tony learns that the winter soldier killed his parents, and it wasn't, in fact, a car crash, Tony felt that grief and that understanding of what really happened and turned and attacked Bucky. Because in the heat of the moment, he couldn't differentiate between Bucky and the Winter Soldier. And I think Tony knew that there was a difference and he seen what can happen to the mind when meddled with. But at that moment, it was rage and pain and all those nasty feelings and we get t and we get steve telling tony that wasn't really him and tony just can't listen but you know steve of course is right it wasn't bucky who killed howard and maria i mean why would he he knew howard they were in the same war they were allies he has absolutely no reason to kill howard But Bucky once more went through the trauma of being the Winter Soldier in this movie. And this is something he never asked for. And earlier in the movie, we literally see him trying to adapt to a life free from Hydra, trying to put together the pieces of all those years he was in and out of the ice. And I know I'm glad Steve found him and was by his side. Same with Sam, even though they have a bit of a rocky relationship to start. But honestly, they end up being one of my absolute favorite duos, and Sam ends up being a wonderful friend to Bucky. And speaking of favorite duo and wonderful friend, we need to put some appreciation on the friendship between Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. It's iconic, and it's one of my favorite things to witness. Like, I love watching interviews and watching press junkets, and I'm really not kidding when I say theirs are the ones I always go back to. Like, any interview where they are present together including red carpets just their energy is so amazing and I just love watching them interact and it's a bit sad that there are some I've seen so often that I can quote them but anyway I had to share my love for them a little bit because I really I really do love them (laughs) so the relationships between our characters change a lot during this movie Now, it's no secret that they are not the closest bunch as a group. They're not a family, and they're hardly close friends. And that's really as a collective. They clash a lot, and we've seen that in previous movies. Sure, they have their moments where they do genuinely get along, and we see it in Age of Ultron when we get a taste of what things could be like if they all had let their guards down and were open with one and were open with one another, and kind of treated each other like friends. But unfortunately, that's just not the case, and it's not an everyday thing. But the thing is, their relationship in this movie compared to the others is also very different. They've changed, and I am a believer of the fact that they do care for another to a degree. But they all think independently on nearly every situation. But in this movie, they get faced with a number of situations that force them to choose a side, to choose their people. And one of the most important ones is the relationship between Tony and Steve. They have evolved so much over the years, and it's so interesting comparing the way they interacted in the first Avengers to how they interact in this movie. It's clear that Tony does look to Steve as a friend. Maybe not in the same way he looks at Rhodey or even Happy, but he trusts Steve. And then we get the moment where the trust fully breaks and that's when he learns the truth of what happens to his parents and that Steve knew but didn't tell him. And it's a moment that really is heartbreaking because Tony doesn't trust easy or open himself up to others. And that is something that really alters their relationship. And another interesting one is with Natasha because she has ties with both Tony and with Steve. And thanks to the events of The Winter Soldier, it does very much seem that her loyalties would be more to Steve. She trusts him, but when it comes to the accords, she chooses to sign, finding herself aligning with what Tony was saying. And then when it came to the fight at the airport, she was fighting with Tony again. But she ultimately does help Steve and Bucky get away, which compromised himself and led to her going on the run. And there's no real scene that fully explains this switch, but there is this deleted scene where we see her observing the fight. And it very much seems like she's wondering, what is this all for? What is the point in the fighting? And and she's who I relate to a lot in this moment because I watch them fight and I question what the point is. How is it necessary? How could this divide happen? They have been through some horrific shit together. How could this be what breaks them apart? Now, one of the major elements of this film, of course, is the Sokovia Accords. This alone causes a divide between the Avengers because some are for it and some are against it. Then everything that happens in between with Bucky leads to the fight at the airport in Germany. This whole situation is a mess and there are a lot of layers to it. And of course, you know, not only divide between our Avengers here, but a divide amongst fans because you're, most people are either on Team Iron Man or Team Captain America. It becomes a hot topic. I've seen some wild arguments, as I've mentioned earlier. But you know, on that note, why not get into the conversations I had with my incredible guests? First up is going to be Team Iron Man, and then we'll finish off with Team Captain America. Again, timestamps for each of these are in the description box so let's get into it all right so my first guest for team Ironman is my friend Emma thank hello, you for joining hello.
1: thanks for having me
0: I'm so excited for you to be here I'm so excited to be on a podcast this is my first <laughs> podcast um well you're gonna do fantastic I hope so. No, you will. I, ha- I have full confidence that you're going to make some really great points. We'll see. <laughs> um, are you ready? I am as ready as I'll ever be. All right. So, very first question Why are you on Team Iron Man?
1: Um, I think part of it is also the Team Jacob or Team Edward question. Which one do you prefer personally and more of Team Iron Man in that aspect? Um, But also, like, when it comes to civil war, I do think Steve was kind of going off, uh, and I definitely think Tony had, like, a better outlook on how the conflict of the world and of the interworlds would be better off if there were some regulations to the Avengers, because when you see Tony bring in uh Peter Parker for the first time Spider-Man. Um he kind of talks about like the little person and like how he just wants to help out like your average person. And toby's point of view about Civil War is all about you know how it affects everyone that isn't a super person. And how it's everyday lives that are being ruined by like all of these tragedies and how they have all this power as the Avengers and how they can ruin people's lives if they aren't held uh held accountable. You can kind of see that uh there's those TikTok trends that were going around over the summer of like the Avengers like insurance hotlines. I don't know if you saw those. Yeah, I saw um, those. where it's like, hello, this is Avengers Insurance, how may I help you? Oh, the Hulk Tore Down building on Seventh and Queen. Okay, you have a business there, all right. Do you want to put in car insurance as well? Like, it kind of like gave you the perspective of like, there is no vendor's insurance. People's lives are damaged. People's items are damaged. People's lives are taken in effect of these super people uh, helping save the world from aliens. Yes, there is the point of Steve's greater good we're helping more people like the better of the few for the pain of the many, the little or whatever it is, the pain of the few for the better of the many. I don't think that's the best way to phrase it. Um, But um, I think Tony is definitely has his head on better, especially because he does have that businessman's perspective.
2: Mm -hmm. He
1: does know what, he does know how to, um, when to take a step back and like look at this essentially, business that he's running and see what's going on and he sees these accords as a way to continue his business but within a certain barrier to keep them protected because at this point there's still the canonical idea that wanda is a teenager that she is underage obviously (laughs) We have since been proved
0: wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There was a little bit of confusion there for a little bit. There (laughs) was a lot of confusion.
1: So like a lot of people took that, that line that Hawkeye says as, oh, she's a minor. This is why Tony is doing this to keep her safe because all that. But at the same time, he's also keeping her safe because she is like the most powerful Avenger. And I will put my foot down on that. I would too. (laughs) Captain Marvel I'm sorry. She's powerful. She is lovely. Um, I think we've definitely seen with What If how powerful she is. Um, But I do think that Wanda is a bit more of an
0: Avenger than Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was around for what? Two movies? Like a second, basically.
1: Yeah. Maybe in the future.
0: I don't know. We'll see what happens. In the future. We'll see what happens. But at the current moment,
1: I think that Wanda is probably one of the most powerful. So by providing the accords with their agreement, they're also providing Wanda with protection. And I think that was necessary.
0: Perfect. That's pretty, I mean, you made some really solid points and I definitely agree kind of how Tony does have that business perspective as well. And yeah. like he he does have like a, I mean, he's incredibly smart. So he does have a very analytical kind of mind as well so he does kind of have the benefit of looking at different situations with different perspectives so yeah especially and compared people, to steve
1: exactly and people say well like oh tony's got this big ego he doesn't care about anyone blah blah blah, blah. But obviously we can see throughout the movie so that 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 once true and it's now changed mm-hmm. um and steve I'm sorry, buddy, but you've been in the
0: ice for a while. Things have changed. (laughs) Times have changed, bud. Times have changed. And I do have, like, a bigger
1: question, but I, uh, like, just watch. I just was watching and I thought, uh, like, from the business, Tony's a businessman perspective, if Tony's a businessman, he agrees that there should be some regulations and this is, like, the best way to go about it. And that these were made by the countries why wasn't there a representative for the Avengers there that's true. why like these accords are focused on their and like their capabilities and their performances and their the regulations for them why didn't a representative from the Avengers go like Natasha because she's the one who goes to sign for people why didn't point, actually? Why didn't someone go and debate for the freaking Avengers?
0: That's actually a really good point. I know, right? Because like you sign the lease.
1: If you have questions about the lease, you debate them. Yeah. You have, you have to sign a work contract, and you think you deserve to be paid more. You debate it. So why would you sign an accord limiting your capabilities to intervene and save the universe?
0: Interesting, interesting,
1: and not debate what
0: you don't like I think that could have really prevented a lot of the issues in this movie
2: <laughs> I,
1: but I feel think- like
0: a lot of things could have uh, prevented the issues everything
1: could have happened yeah. in this movie <laughs> but also at the same time if it were for Civil War then we would have no Winter Soldier
0: without Civil War we wouldn't have so many things so it's like we wouldn't have
1: Spider-Man, we wouldn't have Winter Soldier,
0: none of it I mean and basically, if Civil War didn't happen, if, like, every little thing didn't happen, any movie that follows it would have been so different.
1: Which is just, like, the domino effect of, like, any small, like, we're seeing that, obviously, in What If, but the dominoes that line up to make this the one, as So Strange says, the it's one nice. outcome. The dominoes follow any other way. Could have been It's so little different.
0: chaos yeah U- literally universes get destroyed they get saw the last episode of what Ultron like spoilers but like oh my god much. <laughs> so much um all right next question though why do you think team Captain America is in the wrong
2: um
1: I definitely think Cap just in general is very much a fire sign He is very passionate. He is very uh, one for all and all for one. And so he doesn't think they need any restrictions because he thinks, you know, I'm Captain America. I know best. Yeah. Uh, But you're Captain America. You're not Captain Britain. You're not Captain Russia. You're not Captain Thailand. Yeah. You don't know the intricacies of all the different countries of the world and how they work and what's best for each citizen and you think about what's best for the greater good and most of the time <laughs> that leans slightly and towards like, that's not always good enough
0: yeah yeah
1: and like obviously you know international limitations and all that kind of stuff but like Cap has a point that like sometimes heroes see things differently than like a basic, normal human person who's not a super. But we look at um, all the things that happen within the the larger Avenger movies leading up to Civil War. We see the damage of Ultron, which really is the internet, which is the spark that causes the Accords. Uh, And I think his behavior in Civil War kind of is like, why he gets clouded in his thoughts and saving Bucky,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he uses Bucky as kind of like this is why we should do what we want because I want to be able to save my friend. But there's so much, obviously, we see how it ends. Bucky was framed Zemo, yeah, gotta love him, but um, he is like Captain America is supposed to be like the quintessential iconic good guy. He yeah. is Captain America. He's supposed to be the virtuous he, he like what he stands for.
0: Yeah.
1: But his loyalty faults him into helping essentially what is deemed at the beginning of the movie a terrorist suspect escape and resist arrest throughout the entire movie. Um so, for him, his the way the movie shows his view of why they shouldn't find me in court because they shouldn't have limitations about like where they can intervene. Um, his point of view is demonstrated through the Bucky storyline, which I think I think there are some points, obviously, uh, to his reasoning, but the shot, the 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 plot line that the Marvel Cinematic Universe gives him to display his reasoning is problematic.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I don't know. I also think that it's just a totally off-topic thing sort of related to Captain America. Why is he wrong? He also brought in Ant-Man, which I I haven't seen Ant-Man in a long, long time. So, I don't remember how they met. Like, it was why. with Sam. It was with Sam. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, that is just, I was like watching it and I hadn't seen Ant Man so long. And I was like, how do they know each other? That is such an odd
0: choice. I know. It's definitely something that's easy to forget. Cause I mean, it's such a, I mean it's a great scene in Ant Man. But um, I don't know if you will remember if I bring it up. But so Hank Pym sends Scott to an old Stark warehouse to get something to steal something they need and when he goes he finds out that it's not just an abandoned old warehouse but it's the new Avengers compound and then when he gets there Sam is there because they notice a little disturbance and they have a great little interaction (laughs) yeah but it was like that little moment kind of stuck with Sam and then when he was like yeah like I know a guy he was able to bring in Scott to help them out yeah which is still like an interesting choice though it's still an interesting
1: choice because I don't know it kind of lines up with how Tony brings in Peter Mm -hmm. because they both are very similar characters as when they're both very like happy you go lucky wow this is great I love this so much uh, kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, I think in general Captain America, as much as he does have the point of
0: no-
1: normal regular human beings can't see the same things or see things in the same retrospect as superheroes can, mm-hmm. you were still not above the law just because you are Captain America. And, like, just because you are Tony Stark, just because you're Natasha Romanoff, like that doesn't mean you are above the law because yeah. you are an avenger. And that's what the Accords set to show up, kind of being like, okay, you've really put yourself above the law, but there needs to be something
0: above you to keep you in line. So, like, yeah. No, that's kind of what I it agree. is. <laughs> well, um, my next question is... Do you think the civil war was justified and necessary or was there a a way to avoid a fight? Oh my God,
1: there are so many ways to avoid this. Like, just like, shut up, sit down, sign it. If you mess up, oopsie daisies, the world will forgive you, you're the Avengers. Also, like I said earlier, send someone in to dispute the regulations before they become law. Like just have a representative from the Avengers send Roadie, send Sam, send Weber, um, and just get them to kind of be like, "Well, wow, this is, as a representative of the adventures, this is our perspective as these people. I don't know if, like, someone was there. I don't know if, like, Maria went or, like, And mm-hmm. We just don't know. But that would be something that I could easily solve it. Also, just, like, at the end, like, towards, um, oh, my gosh, my brain is blanking. I can see the scene, but I can't remember the movie. Like, just in, when they're in Lagos, obviously, there's probably information um, within the comics that I just haven't read that we might be missing just from the cinematic universe. But, like, I'd really love to see what the, where the Avengers get their bases to go on these missions. Are they asked by government to come check things out? Do they follow secret tips given to them by underground governments or like whatever um and they go and they just do these undercover missions under the safety of the united states um, but at the same time like would that cover everyone because everyone technically is citizen of the united states yeah um and there's all these questions of like how they get these things going because like obviously um the avengers We see how it starts and they're asked, but that all takes place within the United States. And then age Ultron. If all Ultron uh they follow Ultron, but they have to go overseas. Um, I can't and like they're just kind of like following their mistakes. Yeah. And like trying to clean up and clean up and clean up. But the real question is like the accords are being put in place to give them their assignments more cleanly and to protect them. So, like, why wouldn't you want to be protected? Because, like, we see see what happens to Wanda in Nigeria. She, like, tries to help, but accidentally...
0: Yeah, kind of just, like, loses control control for for a minute, uh, which is the last thing,
1: especially that you want from this character for her to lose control, which we obviously end up seeing in WandaVision. Yeah. Um, what happens. Um, so we want to make sure that everyone's safe. So like, if there was an accident, like there was in Nigeria, then we can keep people safe and not have people out for Wanda trying to like bring her in. I don't know. I think there's a lot of things that could have prevented it. And at the same time, I think Tony had the best interest at heart for the team with signing the Accords, agreeing to sign the Accords. Uh, Obviously, in the end, they ended up signing the Accords. But at the same time, like the Accords could cause so many issues moving forward. Um, Also, apparently, one of the regulations, uh, those with secret identities, must reveal their legal names and identities to the United Nations. So, Peter yeah so that's probably effect coming up in the no way home yeah i'm interested to see how the accords play in because i do think they came into effect um they must have come into effect because they have affected partially of the movies and the new content that have come out since civil war chronologically
0: um no it would absolutely have to because then now that Peter's identity has been revealed that like directly puts him into so many different situations. And now, especially everything that happened in New York, like in homecoming. Mm-hmm. Man was obviously like spotted, um, like handling dealing with all that. And like, you know, again, causing wreckage. And then even in far from home, now, with putting, like, all all aside that, you know, he killed Mysterio, all the destruction from that could be easily just pinned, be pinned on him.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think there's also, I think the Accords are in effect, but I think they're only picking and choosing what they oh, want. Oh, of course the they place. are. Because they want to limit the Avengers. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they don't want to be responsible for the Avengers because another one, those with innate powers must wear tracking bracelets at all times. How did they not know where Wanda was before the creation that led to Wanda Vision? They would have known that as where Wanda was, and then all of a sudden, this occurs. Where's Wanda? Right. No one knows. I feel like last you spotted there.
0: It's a mix of they're being picky and choosy but at the same time when they're writing it they completely forget <laughs> what is <laughs> listed on the accords so then after you have fans who are like oh what about this point and they're like oh shit <laughs> I forgot about that yeah and I feel yeah no I uh yeah I agree I think they are definitely being kind of like picky and choosy especially of like how it's going to impact like individual like heroes or what they're going to you know bring them in for they can be as specific as they want or as vague as they want but i do have one more question for you okay now if there's this could easily be like oh no it will never happen but is there anything that could push you to switch sides no no no, because,
1: like, I focus a lot on Wanda when it comes to um, civil war, because a lot of it is done for her. A lot of it is done to protect her and those who might come after to her um, as part of the Avengers to keep them safe with those innate powers, especially more powerful ones like Wanda. And then you look during the movie... Tony has Wanda under house arrest. She's trapped. She's under house arrest. Oh, no. Big bad Tony's got Wanda under house arrest. She's cooking in the kitchen with Vision having a cute little moment. Oh, no. Big sad whippy ding dong. But no, we've liberated Wanda. Wanda's safe now. Wanda's free. Yeah, right. She's like literally, she's in the raft like she gets liberated by Hawkeye because she sides with Steve she ends up in the raft now she's free but she's not because she was anti-accords and so we obviously see how a lot how the Marvel universe reacts a lot harsher towards Wanda in literally every sense we see it in WandaVision, we see it in Infinity War we see it again we, in we see it in all the movies um and I wonder if Wanda had sided with Tony how different things would have been because I think in the end, Tony is right. It was the Avengers are so much bigger than everything else.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: deserve to have some limitations to keep the people safe because that's the goal of the Avengers. We talk about an Ultron one world safe, like a shield around the world to keep everyone safe. No more need for the Avengers. Obviously, RIP, that idea. But the whole point of the Avengers was to keep the little guy safe. And in enacting the Accords, they're better able to keep the little people safe because the little people are keeping them in check. Yeah. And like, we think about how there are all these powerful people and we forget. Tony literally did the snap. We like think about Vision, we think about Wanda, we think about Bruce, we think about Thor, we think about all these other people, we think about Cal. That's like the more powerful Avengers. Tony did the snap. The Avengers in general are just these, are dangerous. If you thought about having the Avengers in our current world, if it were a possibility, how afraid would you be to travel? Oh would you be to, i would like i am a theater person i love a good broadway moment
0: me yeah i would right.
1: never go to new york city no i thank know. you. no thank you just imagine you're on like the night before you go to see go to see come from away you go to see wicked on broadway you're asleep in your little hotel room inside of a shoebox you're all of a sudden avengers are going at it in the street alien raining down you're just trying to have a nice holiday. Literally. That the Avengers is, universe so is absolutely terrifying. And of course, it's great to have the Avengers on your side, but they are immediately still quite scary to think about the possibility.
0: Honestly, it's a really good point. And like, I feel like a lot of people don't. Thank you. I'm <laughs> take bowing the for everyone to everyone who doesn't see. Look at the Avengers and be like, okay, what if this was my reality? What if I was just, you know, living life, look out the window and all of a sudden there's buildings falling down or a car getting thrown or freaking Hulk is jumping from building to building, completely destroying destructive
1: and people make the argument that yeah things like that still do happen like natural disasters attacks on different places mm-hmm. that also happens which is absolutely true but there's one thing about being afraid of the common everyday person being scared of you and then someone who is trained a trained assassin someone who was literally injected with Serum to make them a superhuman strength can do all this stuff. Someone who is attacked was absorbed gamma rays and suddenly turns into this giant monster. Someone in a giant iron suit with lasers. Someone who literally can make you live out your worst nightmare for like however long that she wants. Coming into place as well, coming into play. I could never live in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the sole fact that I am already like a very paranoid person. Um, <laughs> And like we see this, like I think this is also a point that like how um, many think people think about because in a lot of movies, like action movies, thriller movies, all that kind of stuff, the people who are the bad guys are like trained assassins. They're like these and in, like innately like bad people who like. I so I watch uh, Dylan is Man in trouble or is yeah. in trouble, um, and that he just posted like this movie critique of the movie Hush which I think is probably like, it's a phenomenal movie. I do thoroughly enjoy that movie, um, but he did not agree. But I think part of the aspect as to why I find it really interesting and I find it a good movie is because it's realistic. It's just, you're like women, like I'm totally getting off topic of like civil war, but the point is like people find things more scary when there's an unknown and there is another level to it meanwhile like look at hush unless you are someone who fears for the dark like especially because it's focused on like a woman just in general like being home alone you never know who's around the corner it could happen i don't know but i do think that in summary tony is right i do think tony is right you need to protect in that universe if You were a civilian of random country, you'd want to be protected against the not only the aliens but the Avengers, mm-hmm. therefore, Tony is right. They should all just sit down and sign the accords. And Cap was off base and was blinded by trying to save his friend. Um, and he couldn't see properly about why it's why Tony was right, and that there are so many ways that could prevent a civil war. If we didn't have civil war, then we wouldn't have. Blackwood movie we wouldn't have WandaVision we wouldn't have Endgame we wouldn't have like anything that would happen we would have seen it possibly so much more differently and I think that would be a great topic for a what if episode what if they just signed the Accords
0: I don't think we're going to get it we're not going to get it but it would be a good that would be like an interesting episode though because if they all did sign the thing like really if they did all sign the Accords so many things would be different. Would Peter Parker be an Avenger? Probably not. Because if they all signed it, then Tony wouldn't have gone to Queens to talk to Peter. Like, we wouldn't have gone that. And if they still ended up introducing Spider-Man into the MCU, it probably would have been, yet again, another origin story.
1: Yeah, and I don't think we would have gone Ant-Man
0: Well, like, we would have had Ant-Man because Ant-Man came out before Civil War, but I think every aspect of it moving forward would have been different. Like, he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have joined the Avengers, which means he wouldn't have been on house arrest in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which means, like, that entire movie would also, like, end up changing a little bit, and who knows- doesn't he help with the technology for um in endgame in endgame yeah because he um because I mean it was all his idea to go back in time well thank you so much for for Iron Man
1: we love Team Iron Man Iron Man is the right team to go no one come for me okay (laughs) no one come for me I'm right and you were wrong. This is
0: all a civil conversation, everyone. Ha, 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 ha. No one funny. is completely in the wrong. Everyone has made very good points so far. So and that's kind of like what I love about the team Iron Man Team Captain America discussion, especially when you you stay calm during oh, yeah. the really good points are made mm-hmm. up or like yeah, up. if you get
1: if you get a little too fiery, it becomes very much like and what was our sister apprentice like you know like the
0: vine it gets very much that it does it does but it's like if you just kind of like sit down state the facts that's kind of like the way to go and you hear points that you never considered before and you can even look at each team differently even if you're not on that specific one but yeah thank you so much this is so much fun uh and i it'll be really great to hear everyone else's points how
1: many people are you interviewing
0: total of four so two per side yeah we would love to hear (laughs) it wonderful all right well thank you for joining me again thank you for having me again All right, so the second person I have on Team Iron Man is Robbie from Conversations with Robbie Sherman. Hello. Thank you for joining me.
3: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: I'm very excited to hear your thoughts. So you're you're ready to get into it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think so. Um, all right. Yeah.
0: So first question is, why are you on Team Iron Man?
3: accountability superheroes do not have any form of accountability because their powers thwart what most human governments can do which i i don't i'm not saying we shouldn't look at them as intelligent beings but they're obviously like ultra human in ways that that make them above what ordinary people can achieve for sure
0: i mean i don't i do you have to agree? Because I mean, the whole point basis of the accords were to have that accountability, because time after time, they leave a city or town in destruction, there's casualties, people injured, obviously, it's not always their fault, you know, sometimes it's an alien army, but, you know, they still have a part in it. So I agree with the fact that accountability is one of the biggest players in the situation.
3: Yeah, there are uh, there are moments where you could say that maybe letting the people go would have been an eas- easier solution in the long haul because you're not getting so many casualties. And uh, you know, I I think that's some. There's a good deal of me that is uh, <laughs> pro captain, uh, but yeah, I definitely think in this instance when we're taking in to consideration how these people can level just whole armies you know they 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 could represent the end of humanity if they so chose to gang up and do it you know we've already seen a situation where Stark made a robot that went haywire so the idea that he wants to take accountability should be even more of a flex (laughs) that people should understand the reasoning behind it.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean that is a thing because Ultron did play, just like Ultron and Sokovia did play such a big part in the Accords coming to play. I mean, they're literally called the Sokovia Accords, right? They're not the New York Accords or bring up any other situation they've been a part of Accords. It's Sokovia because that was a literal country crashing down.
3: I so. I do believe that maybe there there needs to be a little bit more parity from Stark, because his idea of accountability is making everybody rush into it so quickly.
2: That yeah, they don't
3: necessarily have the time to consider things the way he wants wants them to consider them, you know, because he's acting from a place of pure emotion and you know, there's there's an undoubted bias that Shark has throughout the whole enterprise, and putting mm-hmm. forward these things of of like un, undeniable emotional bias. Like he's so far reacting to such a degree that it's affecting large amounts of people in ways that they're not ready to, that they haven't been able to fully consider the ramifications of, and can't see the full yeah. ramifications of until it's in effect for a time.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. Um, Well, on to the next question. Why do you believe that Team Captain America is in the wrong?
3: Because, (laughs) like, Captain America, you know, he has he has no accountability really nobody in the u.s government can handle him basically like he his, his whole like i totally understand what he's saying you know if you want to put it in the light of a gun control argument where like what gives these people these select people the necessary rights to rule over another person and decide that they're a weapon of choice you know or what makes them highly intelligent, you know, to use that weapon in, in doing so <laughs> is a, is lord choice in doing it. It, it. It's all, yeah. I honestly, I, I think he represents like a libertarian view that can be like highly destructive if not kept under check. And sometimes he's been shown that when he's not under check, he can mess things up really badly. So, mm-hmm yeah, we need. To, uh, we just need to consider the downside when these people fail, like when these people have judgment that doesn't go the way they think it is. It may not even necessarily be bad judgment in the heat of battle.
0: That's a good point. Um, but in kind of the terms of, you know, the civil war that occurs between both sides, would you say it was justified and necessary, or do you think there was a way to avoid a fight?
3: I don't. I would like to say there was a way to avoid a fight, but you're also dealing with people that (laughs) live their lives as functions outside of the law at all times, and they cooperate with the law simply as a measure of the greater good being (laughs) absolved in the long run. And uh, I, I don't necessarily think there was I don't think there wasn't a way to absolve the fight, but it was more than likely, like <laughs> given all the benefactors. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, there's a there's a good argument that that shark could have taken more time without he approached this. You know they 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 only only have like a matter of two or three days to figure out how they're supposed to react to this. And,
2: yeah.
3: You know, and if they don't react the way they're supposed to, according to the governments or ever ushering this in because they're so afraid you know <laughs> and uh yeah stark does stark does like have points that we have to consider too like the ruthlessness of some of these people in these governments and the actions they may take something to consider you know for these people you know they're not a <laughs> they're not infallible all the time <laughs> They can they can be held sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like uh, I'm I'm sorry if I'm rambling a little bit. I'm oh very-
0: no. This is like any thoughts that you have on the entire situation, like I wanna hear it because I think it's all valid and all points are very much relevant, especially in regards to the characters and what they're fighting for. Because I mean the the whole situation with the accords. Is very messy, and there's a lot of layers to it. So there's there are always points that get brought up that you don't always consider. So ramble on if you need to. Like we're, I know everyone's very eager to kind of hear both sides. But my last kind of question is in actually in regarding the terms of the accords. Now, do you think that all the because. They the accords are very restrictive. Do you think that, you know, it's okay? Or do you think if the opportunity was given to them to negotiate the terms to come to a better agreement?
3: I think that would definitely help quell the violence that results from it, you know. Yeah. There's and like the violence isn't as bad as it might have been <laughs> given the situations yeah. that unfolded. But at the same time, you know. The amount of fighting they're doing is also drawing a light to how they actually handle the business of going about the greater good. Because Mm -hmm. how much of a greater good is there in destroying like massive amounts of building that probably never get cleaned up simply because there's not the manpower or the time or the abilities? to do it just you know and and then you gotta think about all the people that might get injured in the wake of this you
2: know Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) so it's also superheroes have a messy morality to stand on from the beginning so the idea that they want to take accountability is very necessary like if they're going to actually amount to the greater good like if we're going to say as a society that they they represent us as a society you know
2: yeah
3: like uh to highlight a different superhero franchise uh you look at superman and batman and the way they function in their rep- retrospective societies like <laughs> superman he, he doesn't really need humanity he's above humanity in a way that almost no, almost no superhero is. There might be one or two other superheroes that are really as intense, intensely strong as he is. But the fact that he is so dedicated to keeping that higher morale is what we always have to like keep in check when we're looking at his actions, like mm-hmm. as a character, <laughs> for the different you know iterations and yeah. things throughout the years. Um, Zach Snyder's been doing an okay job creating a morally complex Superman over the past few years. That new Justice League uh, they put out, which was his cut, a four-hour cut, that that was a much better <laughs> take on the Superman mythos and a lot of other attempts had been previously and it gave him like good moral shadings. and i still i still have problems with the batman versus superman though i always have i think,
0: uh, I think that would go the same for a lot of people
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, man of shield a little bit more so i don't need to uh, i don't need superman making out while like buildings are crumbling around <laughs>
0: it's always the small little scenes that you question why they thought it was necessary
3: yeah i i think zach schneider is a little blunt with his storytelling sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> his, uh, his watchman has similar problems in my yeah opinion. um but uh to get back to what, what were we were talking about with the sokovia accords i think we also have to look at how like Governments are using this to push themselves into the territories that superheroes reign over. How are they using it to make themselves more powerful against these people that they're supposedly working with? You know, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the U.S. government has a history of sabotage, like going back as far as its history, (laughs) and like. we're we're still seeing massive things happening, like tons of socialist countries that never really do us any harm, like actually get taken down because of US intervention. And then we find out about it years later. So we also, the uh, approach, uh, anti shark view, I should say, that I was considering too, is also how, like how much is this going to affect the ability governments have over superheroes and how they're going to deal with their powers. So I, I think the, the pro-Captain America side is, is legitimate in their fears about that idea.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, in regards to that then, what major change would you say would push you to be Team Captain America?
3: Um, I guess I would have to see like a similar level of (laughs) accountability held up from the governments of the world because the thing about a Marvel sense of morality is that it's very tidy you know it suggests that like all our governments are just equal playing fields that have always been equal playing fields and that the people haven't been like messed with on any level for so long you know there's a history of our own government taking advantage of the people who who were here before our main settlers showed up and you know people who were brought here when these settlers you know came out and, and basically built up our main government that's lasted into this today. So I would I would I would hope like there would be a certain level of accountability held by those governments too coming out like saying, hey, we need to right these wrongs and start doing this and this and you know break up certain wealth cobbles that obviously mm-hmm. control things throughout the world. I mean, would you would you say that's a logical like <laughs> form of parody in in this type of situation?
0: I think it definitely can relate back to just like real life and just the perception and how we like view the government in like a general sense. And I think in regards to civil war and how you say that there would still need to be that sense of accountability. I definitely agree with that, and I think that would also come into play of if they had the ability to or the opportunity to negotiate the terms of the accords. So because one of the main things is that it again, it's very restrictive. It could prevent them from going to a fight that really matters um, or prevent them. Otherwise, like the threat is, hey, you're going to be locked away in the raft. Because, I mean, that's the thing, like, and that's literally what happens at the end of Civil War. A good chunk of Team Cap gets locked away. Granted, yes, he breaks them out, but that's the threat that prevents them from going to a fight. Because what if the situation, this is like my hypothetical that I like, I think about. I'm like, what if they were all locked away in the raft during the time of Infinity War? And they were basically saying like, nope, you can't go fight. You can't go fight this alien army with this giant purple alien whose goal is to delete from existence 50% of the population. Like not even that, 50% of the universe. So it's like that hypothetical where I'm like, oh God, the accords are very, very restrictive.
3: Yeah, and uh, we also have to consider like, what exactly is the advantage of these governments in keeping these people locked up? Like, how are they going to harness their powers? Like, you know, who has control over such things whenever these people are locked up? And then when they can't get out to deal with the problems that only they can, like, what is the cost of that as well? Like, who are the people that get lost during that? Who are what is the damage what is the property damage you know Mm -hmm. what how what is the effect on people's lives like
0: yeah there's so much to consider and there's so again like I keep saying like there's so many layers to the entire situation that there's always perspectives and points that you don't always consider and you need to and I mean the simple fact is that they don't all look like in the movie, they don't look at every single side of the situation or thinking ahead or thinking up like the hypotheticals and the what ifs of having the accords in place.
3: Yeah, and we don't even like have an idea of what the full accords read as either. So I think as a as a viewer, we're kind of looking on the perspective from, such an outside degree that we're, mm-hmm. we're always going to have a slanted idea based on these characters' actions.
0: It's definitely, it's a crazy one, which is why I was so excited to kind of have this conversation of Team Iron Man versus Team Captain America, because there's so much to consider and everyone always brings really interesting points to, like to the table and while keeping it like a civil conversation, because I mean, I've seen fans go at each other on social media and it gets crazy. Like when people, you know, think that Team Captain America is right over Team Iron Man and random arguments get brought up that don't always make sense. But when you kind of take a second to peel back the layers, really good points come up.
3: You know, uh, superheroes don't really have a training school in the Marvel universe, at least. So, (laughs) we don't really have a way to gauge how intense their powers are Mm -hmm. sometimes. We don't have a way to engage how much control they have over it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's
0: always moments we get to see them lose control because, of course, like we get the scene in Civil War of Wanda losing that control over her powers. And like, it's moments like that, that we get to see as a viewer. But yeah, I mean, behind the scenes, who knows, like within the universe, I I mean, they have the Avengers training facility, so that's where they can, you know, train in fighting and use their powers, but we don't always get to see that, which is a very good point to make. And which is why we always see them with their maximum amount of power or actually exploring the extent of it in battle.
2: Totally. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you very much for speaking for Team Iron Man.
3: Hey, thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure being on your podcast. I really for the show.
0: Of course. Thank you. I mean again I love hearing all points and arguments and perspectives. Everyone has on these teams because while there's similarities, there's always new things come like coming up, and that's what I love to hear. But thank you again for joining me today.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Hey, it was a pleasure being here. I, I hope we can do this again sometime.
2: Absolutely.
0: All right. So My first guest is on team captain America and it's Sean from the caption life. Thank you for joining me.
4: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here.
0: I'm very excited to have you here and are you ready to talk team cap and why you are on that team?
4: Let's do it.
0: All right, let's get into it. So (laughs) first question is why are you on team captain America?
4: Yeah. You know, to, to be honest, I'm kind of, still a little torn between the two teams because i am somebody i very much see both sides but i think if i had to decide i'm definitely team captain america just because i understand a lot of what um, captain america has been through in terms of trusting a government entity to be in charge of a special elite group of superhumans like himself because he just got out of Um, you know, finding out that Hydra had infiltrated, uh, shield and been trying to keep, uh, control of everything and has also found out that, you know, Bucky has been used as, uh, as a super assassin for them as well too. And so I kind of see where he was coming from that, you know, setting up this, uh, Sokovia Accord was kind of a, um, overreaction to what had happened and that he thinks that, um, you know, this is still something that needs to be worked out and you know, just, you know. Giving themselves into this group uh, that could really use them for any of their beck and call for, not just you know, they see it as an oversight, but the bigger question becomes like, well, who's going to oversee them as well, too? because again, what's to stop you know any of this from happening where we have another Hydra situation to happen again. And now you have Hydra that has control of like all of the top elite superhumans that, are going to, you know, try to take over the world in that sense. And so that's why I'm team captain America is I think, you know, when you look at it from that perspective is trying to make sure that you don't give into something that ends up being a elite control of the overall, you know, good of the world and that it can be used for evil in that sense. So.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely see that point and it's a very good point that you are making, especially in regards to Steve. Mm-hmm. but what would you say in terms of everyone else who's on team cap, like the whole situation when they're at the airport fighting?
4: Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I, um, Sam Wilson and Bucky, I think is, you know, makes, makes sense in that regard still. Cause I think they still kind of fall fall in that umbrella of, you know, Sam Wilson was helping captain America with, you know, that whole fallout with, Hydra and Shield, and you know, Bucky was part of that, obviously. Uh Ant Man, you know, I think his rationale was that he was just a big fan of Captain America. So it's like, you know, when he's calling, <laughs> he's yeah. gonna help, you know. So I think <laughs> but I think his was more of a of uh he just wanted to, you know, go and join his like superhero, which which I gotta say, I I really find really fascinating between Ant-Man and Spider-Man actually exhuming like the the fan like the fandom that we kind of experience, like we can kind of, you know, live vicariously through those two Mm -hmm. characters because they look up to the Avengers without even realizing like they're part of that group. Um, and so I really love how they wrote the characters. So that way fans have a way to kind of, um, live through those two as you know, feeling like they're part of that group and everything, you know? So, um, so I think Ant-Man was one of those that he wanted to help out his, you know, someone that he looked up to, which we didn't really get a sense before, that yeah. movie but obviously you know when he when he meets him for the first time you can tell that he's a obvious fan um mm-hmm.
0: i actually really do love that moment of the movie yeah. when he <laughs> meets steve it's so it makes me so happy and just the way he also talks to wanda but
4: right yeah it's like a <laughs> side point Oh yeah, I know. What he looks like. I was like, "Oh yeah, I know you too. I love you too." You know, yeah.
0: Oh, I just love her little smile that she yeah. gets on her face. I'm like, she deserves this little bit of positivity and this one person who's like, you know what, you're awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> moving on to the next one. Next one. Why do you believe that Team Iron Man is wrong? So you
4: know, I there's a couple of things I thought was really interesting when you think about, you know, team Iron Man. And when you think about Spider-Man homecoming, right, because Spider-Man homecoming introduces us to the damage control that Tony Stark operates from. And this, you know, originates back to the first Avengers movie that we see. And so obviously even after the battle of New York, there should have been some sort of protocol in place that, Um, you know, not just help clean up, but I guess, you know, try to think about, you know, how to minimize the impact as much as possible. Yeah. And so when we get to Team Ironman being for Sokovia Accords, I think one of the things I would just point out is that, you know, why wasn't, you know, they were doing something like this to begin with, like earlier on, when obviously he had something like, you know, not just him, like as a corporation, but he had a partnership with the government. So it's like, you know, why did that get, out of hand from his, you know, um, point of view and from his, um, involvement with all of this. Um, but I think the other thing is just that, um, not that Ironman is like completely in the wrong of it, but I just think that when you look at the two, I think it, may- it still makes more sense that, you know, the overall good that the Avengers still had, um, you know, still kind of outweighs a little bit of what happens here. Now, you know, anyone that dies from a result of that, you know, obviously is tragic and everything. But I think, um, you know, this is the, the stuff that we always talk about, like you don't see in the movies is the aftermath. I think this is what, you know, Civil War tries to deal with is the aftermath of, you know, these huge battles that happen with superheroes and everything. But I think, um, you know, it's, a, it's an overreaction to, um some of the things that has happened because it's like you know if they had not intervened, right then it would have been a lot worse and then it could have gone the other way it's like you know you guys have these powers why didn't you step in and do anything about it and so it's like one of those you know you you lose one way you lose if you didn't yeah. and so i think this sort of thing is kind of like a overreaction from tony stark although you can you can see that he he, he can appreciate how he is trying to at least do something to appease both sides because him and steve had that moment where they're almost like coming to the same ground. And as he was getting ready to sign, you know, the, the accords and everything. And you used to see how, I Man like at, and Tony just snaps at one point. He's just like, you know, give me a break. Cause you can see that it's killing him to do like any of this stuff because mm-hmm. he's, you know, giving up one for the other and he doesn't want this at all, but he knows that he has to try to do something with it. So, um, so I really feel for him, but I think that, it, you know, for his part, it's actually overreaction to everything that's happened with the couple of things that came from this and especially with uh what was happening with ultron and um um uh oh, sorry what's what's the uh what's the battle of age of ultron where that took place at um
0: oh in sokovia
4: was that sokovia yeah oh my gosh okay <laughs> for some reason i thought oh my gosh sorry i for some reason i thought it was somewhere else i I no, sometimes
0: I, <laughs> I completely mix them up <laughs> but no, yeah it's sokovia
4: right yeah no it is sokovia you're right yeah um okay sorry about that yeah <laughs> so but um you know when they're talking about that it's like you know yes iron man was responsible for ultron you know coming to play and everything but it's like you know if they hadn't tried to stop sokovia, from ha- from falling and everything like that, like it would have pretty much decimated the world and everything, right? So it's like one of those things, just like you know, you could keep going back and back and back and try to see who's to blame and everything, but it's, you know, ultimately, it's like if they hadn't intervened, then it would have been a lot worse at that point, yeah. right?
0: That's definitely a very good point to make, and I, I mean, I have to say, I definitely do agree because it's one of those situations where it's like that. Um, oh God, I forgot what it is. But like you're on a train and it's like if you go straight ahead, you like kill, you could hit one person. But if, but it's like someone you really care about. But if you go to the right, it's like a group of people. So which kind of choice are you going to make?
4: Yeah, it's like that classic philosophy question. Exactly. The moral question that they always pose all the time. Yeah.
0: So I feel like it's very similar to that where, you know they can make a choice where there's a lot, there's a large amount of casualties or a smaller amount of casualties. And Mm -hmm. I think that definitely you saw that happen a bit in Sokovia. Cause I remember they're up, like they're up in the air Mm -hmm. and Tony saying like, you know, we got to just blow her up. Mm -hmm. And Steve's like, well, you know, there's still people here and we're still here. And it's like, But if we don't, then Sokovia is going to fall and then everyone's screwed. So it's one of those situations where I agree it's very much a lose-lose. There really isn't a winner when it comes to it.
4: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, um, I mean, it's, it's always interesting to see how this plays out in terms of, um, how to deal with the aftermath and how to look at it objectively right because i mean if you think about it uh tony stark and steve rogers are really looking at it objectively you know 100 at all because tony stark is kind of reacting to the fact that he still feels a personal responsibility to what happened in age of ultron and sokovia um especially when he gets uh approached by Um, the woman by the elevator that said like, you know, because of what happened to Kobe my son died when he was trying to do good on the mission trip. And so obviously he brought that sense of guilt with him to that. And of course, Steve Rogers is, um, you know, not looking at it objectively because again, he came out from what just happened with shield, but he's also trying to protect his best friend, Bucky. And so, um, so there's just not an objective lens to really look at this because there's still going to be some sort of, angle that you have to think through or lens that you're looking through Mm -hmm. at some level Um, but i think you brought a really good and interesting point in terms of looking at the people who um, were on each of those teams that probably weren't a hundred percent involved in some of those things so like you know black widow wanda they're all um part of that but when you look at like spider-man and ant-man i think those are really interesting because they were kind of brought in from the outside to help but they were never involved with any of this until this point right Mm -hmm. and so i think trying to think about why those two chose (laughs) their sides and again it's because they were approached by their you know people that they look up to it's like Mm -hmm. yes i'm definitely going to be on their side like they're still not even being objective about it too right so exactly
0: yeah and i think i think it's interesting because i mean again when you bring up ant-man and spider-man because they didn't really have any personal stake in the matter Mm -hmm. you know it Really, and it truly wasn't until they got approached by like Sam Sam Wilson for Scott, and then Tony for Peter, mm-hmm. where they were actively put into the situation. And it's actually kind of funny to think that by them being directly involved in this matter now, they are going to be affected by the Sokovia Accords.
4: Right. Exactly.
0: So it's. it's I mean, it's very interesting to kind of think about that mm-hmm. because before I mean, especially with Peter. You know, he was friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He was just kind of doing his own thing. Not at all involved in anything major like the Avengers were. And Scott was, again, similar situation, kind of doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. A little more explosive than what Peter was dealing with. But
2: yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But again, you know, they weren't involved in these major Situations that were broadcasted by the news, like the Avengers, were so. It's definitely a very interesting kind of perspective to consider.
4: Right, definitely.
0: All right, so next one: Mm -hmm. Do you think the Civil War was justified and necessary, or do you think that there was a way to avoid a fight?
4: You know, that still, I'm glad you asked this question because I think I actually talked about this in um, a TikTok video that I think I actually tagged you in because I thought you would have a really interesting insight to this as well. And and I said. Um, Absolutely not justified because the way that the writing set it up, it was that, you know, the Sokovia Accords was just pretty much already agreed upon and settled. And so it was like, you're either for the Sokovia Accords or you weren't, but there is no diplomatic way to think about like, you know, is there a third, like better solution that we can come with, right? Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, like, you know, for any kind of good story writing, you know, if you approach, if you gave that as an option, then obviously, you know, that's the way that people are going to go with and, you know, it's not going to be very interesting that way, but I think if this was a real life situation, it's one of those things where it's, I, I think that there could have been more to figure out a good common a common ground to say, yes, let's have some oversight, but let's not have this elite, you know, group of government official be the only ones that are over, you know, overlooking this team, that there's a little bit more transparency what's going on. So that way we don't have what we had with, you know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier as well too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's what I would have said is, i don't think it was really necessary um and that they could have you know try to explore something a little bit more instead of doing like you know this either or type of thing mm-hmm. um but you know again as a for a story i think it wouldn't be interesting that way but um but yeah it just i it again it's it's one of those things where it's like dealing with the fallout with what happened with shield and hydra um you know and and general ross who you know if you look at the character history of that i mean at this point he still hasn't really gone um you know full chaotic yet but Mm -hmm. it it, knowing the back history of that character like at some point he does it so it it does make you question like you know why would he be leading that charge of doing all this stuff and why would people be okay with you know the same entities who's associated with um hydra and shield would be the ones that are leading this charge as well too you know so yeah yeah
0: very good point very good point and i do remember that tiktok and yeah i mean i definitely did agree with what you had to say in regards to that right. and you know while i am definitely trying to be you know that neutral party here i do have to agree that the fight was so unnecessary and like i've said before <laughs> the reason why i'm not speaking on team iron man or team captain america myself is because i think they're both being ridiculous and
2: right. <laughs> the fight was so
0: unnecessary and i feel like Instead of a civil war, they could have just had a civil conversation. I don't know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like, Call it Captain America's civil conversation, right? Like, <laughs> civil I feel like coffee.
2: <laughs>
0: a lot of heartbreak would have been avoided.
4: Right. <laughs> Maybe that's oh, just yeah. me being
0: a little selfish, but you know.
4: <laughs> oh, I know. But well, I, I mean, look and. And I remember watching that movie with my wife, and, and I, I think you probably agree with this as well, too, is that her reaction was like, it's it's like watching your family fight with each other. and You just want it to stop.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. It's exactly how it is. I'm like, yeah. just guys, no. <laughs> I don't like seeing you fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And especially since, like, so many of them are some of my favorite characters. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I... You guys should be on the same team, not against each other. Right. But... I know. In regards to the Accords, though, Mm
4: -hmm.
0: being on Team Captain America and, you know, being against the Accords, Mm -hmm. do you believe that there could have been some negotiation in regards to it? And if so, do you think it would change your mind about them?
4: Yeah, so, you know, that's a really interesting question. I think I I really think it would have been difficult, especially given the timeline that we're in, right? Because they were just, you know, coming back from, um, you know, the incident with uh, with the Scarlet Witch and how she blew up a um, a uh, outreach building that yeah. um, that Wakanda had, um, and that was that was actually the place I was earlier when we were talking about this. I was thinking that was Sokovia and now of oh. Ultron. So that's why I got confused. <laughs> right. at, so now I'm blanking on what this place was, <laughs> but, um, but I think with the timing of everything, because they just had like some of these major incidents to happen when they pointed out, you know, New York city, Sokovia, um, the, the Wakanda outreach building. I think there was, uh, one other place that they mentioned as well too. And I can't remember what that was, but, um, I think the timing, it would have made those Talks difficult to have, especially since that was just happened. It was really fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, timing is everything with with this stuff. Whether it's in you know the movies or it's in real life and everything is is that when these things happen, it's always the timing of everything that's going on as well, too. You know, and so I think it would have been difficult for them to really come up with a really good third solution that makes everybody happy. And honestly, I think because of when this all happened and when the conversations were taking place, um, it would have been much harder for, you know, Captain America to have something that he would be 100% behind as well, too, just because everything is going to be leaning towards um, Tony Stark's decision on doing the Sokovia Accords because they want more accountability and oversight with the superhumans that they don't have civilians that are getting hurt or killed, um, you know, and these battles that are happening all the time as well, too. So um so yes i think it's it it would be difficult if they had those you know conversations to really come up with a really good uh third way although i would have liked them to i would like to see them attempt that but i think it would have been difficult for them to be able to achieve something like that so Mm
0: -hmm. well i mean you definitely do bring up a good point and i definitely i've had a similar conversation with friends before and Mm -hmm. it did does seem like it would be a little difficult to negotiate the accords to the level where steve and co would be comfortable signing right because i mean in the movies when we see the accords they are very restrictive mm-hmm. it's basically saying you don't get to go where you think you should go you go where we say you go
4: right Right.
0: And we see that problem arise multiple times, you know, throughout the movie. And even when Infinity War comes up, that question is, like, brought up again. Like,
4: mm-hmm. you want to
0: arrest us, like, go for it. But you kind of need us right now.
4: Right. Oh, so yeah. it's
0: definitely, it's. this is why I don't like this movie. <laughs> 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 I have such a love-hate relationship with it, but I'm like... <laughs> because it really it makes you think about yeah. every little aspect of it especially when it comes to the accords but it's definitely mm-hmm. interesting to see and hear both sides of the argument right because it is right. very insightful and on that note thank you for giving your insight
4: yeah no you problem. thanks for yeah <laughs> thanks for having me on this was a good conversation i really liked it thank, thank
0: you thank you i i very much enjoyed it as well and it's i know with this amongst fans it's always a hot topic i've seen countless videos of people discussing their perspective on you know team cap versus team iron man or specifically just on the sokovia accords Mm -hmm. and it's definitely a very interesting conversation to have and i mean for that reason i'm grateful the movie exists
4: right oh yeah definitely well and i think um You know if if i could add one thing to this yeah in in the news lately um i think it was um i forget it was the director of um was it dune maybe that had said they felt like a lot of the marvel movies were kind of a copy and paste in terms of the story frame yeah i think civil war is probably one of the few that he was probably wasn't talking about because civil war is very different from the other ones in terms of a lot of things right in terms of you know this The storyline specifically, though, in that, yeah, I mean, there is kind of a five act story that goes along with this, but it's very different from what you've seen before. Whereas, you know, there's a lot of conflict that happens like externally and internally that you don't see um, in some of the other movies. So it's a little bit deeper in that regard, but then there's always those um, those slight reveals that kind of brings the story into, you know, more of a bigger twist and and a deeper um, insight to when you get to the very end where you find out that, you know, Bucky as the winter soldier was the one that killed uh, Tony's parents. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think it's just, it's one of those few movies that we've seen that really brings it into a really perspective, a really um, interesting perspective that we don't see in some of the other stories where you have those kinds of heated conversations that you have. You know, I feel like all the MCU movies are really good, but only a handful of movies really, Brings so some of those like deep conversations into play this was one of them i think uh captain america and the winter soldier um or you know the falcon winter soldier which i now call captain America and winter soldier, i do the, the same the series. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but that series i think um does a great job of just bringing up like really good conversations for us to have Um, you know just about a lot of different uh, topics and everything about you know uh, American military um, complex um, and you know uh, racism and diversity and things like Mm -hmm. that and so I think you know um, Captain America Civil War is one of those movies that allows us to have some of those deeper conversations about things that just aren't easy to answer it's not black or white which Marvel's been trying to make sure their villains aren't, you know, you know clearly villainous but there's, you know, a little bit more of a complex character that makes it a little bit more gray in terms of why they are villains but I think Captain America Civil War does a great job of taking these issues and making it complex to have some of those deep conversations that we can't just say, you know, yes or no right or wrong type of thing, you know. So, and it's really good to have those conversations.
0: I definitely agree. And I yeah, now I think Civil War is very different from Mm -hmm. all of the movies and it is exactly for the reasons that you said. And I think when I look at all of the movies, civil war is the one that so many people talk about Mm -hmm. within the theme and specifically on like morality or what's right or wrong. Right. And it's from this movie. I don't often see a lot of these conversations come up with, any any of the other ones i mean with infinity war or like the thanos situation i can kind of see the conversation coming up with is thanos right or is he completely in the wrong (laughs) there's that conversation but civil war is the one that is most human and real
4: right yes yes and and honestly if um if you have not read the comics to the story Um, I would actually highly suggest reading it just because it's really fun and and really interesting to read that story because they took a lot from the comics as inspiration, but I would say it's not a retelling of the story because the, the um, conversations that they're having is actually, you know, a very, I I I don't want to say it's a very different one. It's actually pretty similar, but just in terms of the approaches and things like that are different. Um, So it's not an exact retelling, but it does wrestle with those same kinds of questions, which is what they, you know, brought to the forefront and everything. So I think in the, um, you know, the civil war story arc, um, it's, I think they call it a superhuman registration act. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's very interesting because you can see um, there's a lot of strategies that Tony Stark implements from the public sphere um, when you're reading the story. So for example, not to give a whole lot away, But he actually talks to a superhero about revealing their identity um, as a way to get people on board with, you know, getting trust behind superhumans, you know, registering with, you know, publicly and things like that as a way to, you know, kind of win people over with that sort of thing. Um, and so you kind of see a lot more of the politics side actually happening in the comics than you do in the movie, but it's still really interesting to read. And so I think if you really enjoyed this movie and you want to get into comics, this is another really good comic story arc to read um, that you kind of see parallels in the movie, but it does um, ask some different questions and and bring some different approaches. That's really interesting to think about as well, too.
0: I definitely have been interested in in that comic, actually. And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm now the proud owner of three comics. So you know there what? You I? Go. <laughs> <laughs> I've started that journey. So I'm like, awesome. Anytime I get any sort of recommendations, I'm like, cool. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs>
4: yeah. What, what's the what's the three? Did you get? Can I ask?
0: I've honestly forgotten the names of them. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> but I got a Spider Man one, Miles Morales. and a bucky one because very special place in my heart for all all three of those but yeah (laughs) I'll figure out the names I was gonna make a TikTok video about it
4: (laughs) (laughs) well it's never too late to do that so
0: exactly it'll get done it'll get done
4: and I think I shared this with you but um Definitely check out the Hawkeye story um, that I mentioned to you before yes. the Hawkeye series come out, because yes. I think they're pulling a lot from that story that got me really excited as somebody who loves that story arc. When I was watching the trailer, it's like watching that comic come to life. It's a lot of it got inspired Ooh, by that. So okay. definitely try to grab that and read that before the series come out. So,
0: okay. I'm definitely yeah. going to, I think I'm definitely going to do that then. Yes. Well, <laughs> thank you for joining me.
4: Yes. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Of course. And all right, that is Sean talking Team Captain America. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move on and we're going to see what the other thoughts are.
2: All
0: right. And lastly, on Team Captain America, I have Alvin. Thank Hello. you for joining me.
5: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate
0: it. Yeah, I was so excited. Uh, Are you ready?
5: I think so. Um, To preface this, I haven't seen Civil War in years. So I'm going off of memory. That's okay. Emotions.
0: (laughs) You know what? That is a very important aspect of choosing sides, I feel like, Mm -hmm. when it comes to the whole Civil War situation. So Mm -hmm. don't worry. You're all good. So my very first question for you is, why are you on Team Captain America?
5: Okay, that's a very open-ended question. Um, I'm definitely not on his team for his team members. Mm-hmm. You know, if I were to pick who had the cooler team, it'd be Iron Man, right? <laughs> Without a doubt, there's Spider-Man, there's Black Panther, who is, has his first introduction in the film. In right, the I'd, movie. Be, I'd be
0: sold on those two alone. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. But in terms of why am I team Captain America there's a lot of nuances to his take on like the sokovia accord Mm -hmm. right and like how his whole thing was that if the avengers were to be controlled or regulated by the government the un whatever there would be people with agendas and like he said agendas change right and so there'd be a time where they might want like they might have to help someone but they can't because the un said no and so it really is like up to them to take it onto their own hands, to decide what who needs help and who doesn't, because at least we can look up to Captain America as a righteous dude.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean,
5: like I think we can see Steve Rogers and be like, all right, I'm voting for this guy for president. You know, I'm, I'm going to follow this guy into battle. This is the guy I want to have as my leader, mm-hmm. not these politicians, not these guys with like behind the scene agendas or Bribery or whatever corruption is going on in the scenes, you know, like there's lots of things that the government doesn't disclose to the people and how like I'm not saying I'm like against government or like, I'm all this conspiracy theory type person, yeah. but I'm saying there's a lot of things that they do behind the scenes that they try to justify for themselves, but it's like hurting someone always. It's mm-hmm. always for the benefit of themselves in one way or another. I feel like I rambled a bit, but that's generally no, no, okay. my take and why I want to be on Team Captain America. Because yeah. he's realistic. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tony's more like, oh no, we need to be regulated because I'm trusting the government to do and pick the decision that's right. But that's I that's too ideal because Tony's like, what makes you think these politicians are in the position to even tell you what's good or wrong? Yeah. Or, or good or bad, you know? Mm-hmm so that's my take
0: no it's Um, good yeah sorry (laughs) no 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 need to apologize um i feel like that definitely is something that a lot of people on team captain america can agree on yeah and it comes down to the regulations and them being restricted and Mm. you know them not being able to go to a situation that needs their help Mm -hmm. and i know a lot of people like to talk about infinity war and that whole situation mm. if if they would have been prevented exactly. from going to help or like if,
5: yeah yeah yeah
0: would, would they have been given permission like and like they're not gonna ask for permission but <laughs> the
2: it's other weird. side
0: of it is hey you're gonna get arrested so mm-hmm. it definitely it, it's a lot to really consider. next question which you kind of touched on in answering why you're on team captain america Mm -hmm. but why do you believe that team iron man is in the wrong
5: why do i believe team iron man is in the wrong that's tricky because i don't necessarily think tony stark or steve rogers are right or wrong or more right or more wrong than each other yeah like their ideas have their own like credit you know there's actual legitimate foundation to they're both opposing sides Whereas, like, yeah, at some point, these heroes do need to be kept in check.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, there's too many casualties, too many um, collateral. Yeah, yeah, collateral damage. Where, if I'm not sure, I don't want like reference DC, but you know, like Batman versus Superman. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like the first film with Ben Affleck Batman or Affleck, yeah. and from his point of view, he sees like Superman destroying all these buildings just to fight this other, um, I forgot his name, but the bad guy of that movie. Mm-hmm. And you see it from the ground view, like destruction all across the city, buildings being flattened, people dying. Or I'm not sure you've seen Invincible, the Amazon Prime show. Yeah, no, I know it. Like that same level of like, like, that needs to be kept in check. I do agree with that. But the question is, who will check that? Who, is, who will be the one to keep them in check, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Iron Man, Tony Stark isn't wrong to believe that there has to be some form of... Like boundaries you know yeah but he, yeah. But he, he even said in a film i think so like any form of boundaries or any form of people keeping us in check i'm all for it which i thought was a little too like open-ended mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure what the right word is for right now i'm sorry i'm really tired and drained from work <laughs> it's
2: okay it's okay
1: but
5: it's okay. He, he was just like yeah i'm he sounded desperate you know because the whole he was guilted by that one lady who stopped him after that mit presentation yeah. like when my son died because of you and then plus he was like guilt tripped by the fact that he made Ultron.
0: Yeah. And all
5: the feelings escalate to him like, all right, whoever wants to keep it in check, I'm down for it. Just do it to us already. Just mm-hmm. keep us in check. And he was like ready for anything the government wasn't him, which was the Sokovia Accords.
0: Yeah. I mean, that it's definitely like- is a, mm-hmm. such a big part of Tony's character is the guilt factor. Guilt. And that's yeah. what really pushed him to agreeing with the Sokovia Accords because mm-hmm. he felt that guilt and he wanted to almost like atone for everything that they've caused because Mm -hmm. it's a simple fact that they have caused a lot of destruction. Granted, of course, they were trying to save the lives of a large number of people. But the result of that was, you know, damaged property, building, like buildings, homes, cars, like lives, (laughs) lives, people were getting injured. Like they're so so much to it and then that's all he's focusing on it's the destruction so yeah i i definitely agree that and it's not bad to acknowledge it it's not bad to acknowledge that
5: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like we see that guilt from the first film of mcu his weapons being used to kill americans when he's kidnapped exactly yeah and what's funny is that i think we we sort of see their personalities, their opposing personalities, Tony Stark and Captain America from earlier movies, right? So for Tony Stark, it was from the first film, right? Yeah, for Captain yeah. America, it wasn't until I think Winter Soldier, where he was like a little skeptical of the government because Hydra. Yeah. Took over, right? yeah,
0: it's that was something I found wild because it you get a little hint of it in the Avengers mm-hmm. when he realizes that Nick lies yeah. about yeah. you know. Why they had the Tesseract and why Shield was doing what Shield was doing? So he was like, "Oh, Uh you guys are trying to make weapons," Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like that was the start of his distrust in Nick and Shield and
5: Mm -hmm.
0: any sort of like almost like government body. And then Winter Soldier comes around and he fully just definitely goes against all of it. And it's like one of my favorite things. Great because you compare that to First Avenger. Uh uh-huh. Even it's very, it's very different.
5: totally different. Uh, it was like shot different too, like different directors and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, different. Yeah, we had the we
0: had the Russos for Winter Soldier. I forgot. Oh God, I forgot who did First Avenger, but yeah, we got the Russos for the second one.
5: It was directed by Joe Johnston.
0: Right that's who it was yeah mm-hmm. yeah he because yeah he did first avenger and i don't remember if he just didn't get asked to be brought back or didn't want to be brought back mm-hmm. or what that situation was but the russos did really good with the winter yeah, soldier yeah. <laughs> so one of my favorites so i have zero complaints
5: they made captain america a badass he was badass in winter soldier they made honestly not gonna lie i think they made black panther cooler in civil war <laughs> then he was cooler <laughs> in his own movie
0: than in like the actual black panther movie
5: yeah i mean i, I get why it's like transitioning from civil war directly to black panther yeah but he was a lot cooler in my opinion in civil war
0: you um, oh, i i mean i agree like it catches your attention you're like oh who is this character i yeah, want yeah. more yeah i and it got it got you excited for I the was fact excited. that we were getting the Black Panther movie as well. So it was a great, great setup. Beautiful, beautiful.
5: Did I answer your question? Why was Tony Stark wrong? Or why do I do I, why do I think Team Cap, team Iron Man's wrong? In a way, right?
0: In a way, yeah. I okay. mean, okay. when it comes to that question of, like, why do you believe the other team was wrong? It's something that's so different for each person because mm-hmm. each person's is going to have a different take on it. Because so, I know I've talked to people who are like, Will give you like twenty reasons why the other side is wrong, <laughs> but then others will kind of take a different approach and be like, "Well, they're not totally wrong; they're not totally right." But yeah. you know, there could be adjustments made, or uh-huh. it's a like morality thing. Like, it you can take have a very different take on it. Hmm.
5: I forgot. I, I remember what I was going to say about that. Yeah. So yeah. neither of them are right or wrong, but I do think Tony Stark was being a little too idealistic. You know a little too hopeful that there would be a, a complete more government to keep them in check, you know, just that's what I'm gonna say. Whereas Iron Man, sorry, whereas Steve Rogers is a little more realistic compared yeah. to Tony Stark being idealistic. So,
0: there you go, that's my there answer. you go, per- perfection. <laughs> okay, next question. This is I like la- I love this one because everyone's answers are usually more or less the same, okay, but do you think the civil war was justified and necessary or was there a way to avoid a fight
5: hmm. there was definitely ways to avoid the fight mm-hmm. but i'm glad they did fight yeah because otherwise there wouldn't have been spider-man exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> and right I, like no i agree <laughs> no it's so funny because i've had i've had this conversation with so many people mm-hmm. and we're like yeah it's like shitty that they fought and there could have been a way to avoid a fight but if there wasn't one we wouldn't have spider-man or black panther mm-hmm. the rest of the movies would have been so different yes like ant-man wouldn't have been on out in like house arrest and man and the Wasp. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. there's yeah. so many aspects of it that's set up and like are a driving force uh-huh. of the other movies if they wouldn't have been separated during infinity war like
5: exactly and then steve rogers return wouldn't has been as hype you know oh my
0: god as one of my favorite scenes in infinity war it's so silhouette
5: that was dope
0: i'm like everyone's like in people because people get surprised that infinity war is one of my favorites and i'm like have you seen the scene have you seen the scene (laughs) (laughs) like have you seen the movie
5: (laughs) yeah have you seen
0: nomad steve excuse me
5: Nomad, yo Nomad, yeah, that, that's how that was his name, right? When he wasn't Captain America for that time.
0: Yeah, because I mean, Nomad. he was on the run, like mm-hmm. undercover. People couldn't know who he was. That's why he had the beautiful beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Rest in peace to that gorgeous beard. Can't believe he shaped it in Endgame. I know, right? <laughs> it's the worst scene. <laughs> that's why I don't like that movie, obviously. Anyway, oh, yeah.
5: yeah, because of the beard.
0: It's because of the loss of the beard. That's Mm -hmm. the only reason.
5: 100%.
0: I I could probably do an entire episode of why I hate. Yes, (laughs) I could. (laughs) But of like why I don't like Endgame. From purely those like petty little reasons too. Not even, because I have, okay, I have those petty little reasons why I don't Uh like Endgame. But also I have my like legitimate reasons where I use my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway.
5: Fanboy side, the great <laughs> side. Exactly. <laughs> but okay. I think most people can agree that Infinity War is a better film.
0: I you have to. Mm-hmm. Especially from okay, a fan standpoint and then like a movie standpoint. Okay. Like yeah. structurally as a movie, I feel mm-hmm. like it was a lot better than Endgame. Because Endgame, they had three hours and they did so much in those three hours. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there were some moments that felt really rushed, some moments that just felt too long, some just, moments yeah. that just, like, weren't explained enough and, like, potholes yep. and just
5: yep. <laughs>
0: so much was done. <laughs> that is, like, this is why we're asking for the six-hour cut of the movie. Yeah, so that apparently exists
5: somewhere. Sense. Yeah, but Endgame is more... I think Endgame appeals more to, like, the fan. Like, fan service, right? Where they oh, had- what fan
0: service? Black Widow died and oh. Tony died. <laughs>
5: We're not that part. Well, when I say fan service, I'm thinking of one scene only, <laughs> where Captain America okay. says "Hail Hydra." Gotcha. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, I get it. <laughs> I, I saw that comic book. I, I get it." That's probably the only. Yeah, I don't know why I said fan service. That was only just one little reference, but I mean, it did its, to me. It did its job to end a saga, right?
0: Yeah, it did. I will give it that. It ended things as sad as some of it was. Like it mm-hmm. ended things well. Mm -hmm. and it was a decent way of saying goodbye yeah to our avengers you know
5: our avengers goodbye since 2012
0: Um, like we've had our og6 yep we've met them we've (laughs) we've grown with them and it was not a bad way to say goodbye
5: it's crazy like i saw iron man when i was 10 and i saw him die when (laughs) (laughs) when i was 20 yeah that's damn, so great
1: you...
0: that's so wonderful yeah.
5: like i grew up with this guy man damn and is, is it assumed that steve's dead too
0: that's what oh god the way i have ranted about this to my friends it is assumed that it is purely an assumption that he is dead this man is not dead until in one of the movies or tv shows they explicitly say steve mm-hmm. rogers has died right now he is living his best old man life right now on the moon on the moon <laughs> like <laughs> that's what he's doing he's vibing he's having a good time he's listened to he's like you know retired. tired yep. he's like oh there's stuff going on i don't see it not my <laughs> problem anymore i'm no longer captain america not my job <laughs> not my job not my issue and the funny thing is like even like for example the like the MCU or like Marvel like fandom wiki page site thing. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't even say he's dead on there. So true. Nowhere. There is nowhere that has his character information. None of them say that like date of death, something, exactly. something 2023 or 2024, like whatever. There's none of that. So that man is still alive. And I mm-hmm. don't know why people keep saying he's dead.
5: I think the the way made it makes like seem how. He was gone in the first episode of falcon and winter soldier
0: oh my god what? it totally seemed goodbye steve like thank in you. memoriam situation uh-huh. i was like this is so like, dramatic is
5: he dead where is he
0: i'm like he's not dead no that's mm-hmm. literally from that episode i think is why so many people thought he died but i'm like mm-hmm. they never even say the words no one says the d word like not once, not once yeah. not once. so I'm like I I this is just like a ridiculous assumption, but you know whatever. it's fine. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever be told. I feel like it's going to be one of those things that just kind of stays up in the air mm-hmm. and we can have our assumptions and we can have our theories, but they will never confirm them, which is I guess that's cool. <laughs> whatever.
5: <laughs> okay, we'll get over it.
0: <laughs> I have one more question for you. One more only I, have, I mean, I can come up with like 10 more if you want. Okay, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how this one goes, though. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this one specifically for the team Captain America. Okay. Individuals. So what if the terms of the Accords could be negotiated? Would that change your mind?
5: Hmm. There was one scene, right, in the film, Civil War, where I think, Steve was this close to signing.
0: I remember he was close to signing it. And then the driving force of him not signing it was Peggy's funeral.
5: Really? Oh,
0: When uh, Sharon was giving her, what, like her little uh, eulogy.
5: That speech, which was supposed to be Captain America's speech in the comics. The speech she gave was what he said in the comics, actually.
0: But, But, you know, we had to put Sharon in the movie. mm -hmm. We had to put her there. Have what all? He
5: could kiss her and make out with her later. Which is weird. It's
0: just, it's horrible. Uh It's so bad.
5: (laughs) Why (laughs) did he do that?
0: (laughs) We don't know who thought that was a good idea or thought why we would Mm -hmm. want that. But
5: why would Steve want that? Like, what in his character would want that?
0: I don't even, I can't. Oh my God. Did you know I used to be fully in love with your aunt? <laughs> did you know in about eight years, I'm going to go back in time to be with her? <laughs> wow. Maybe not eight years. When did this movie? This movie is like what, 2016?
5: 16. And then so my math is 24. a little off, but you know
0: what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. But anyway, um, it's It's like during that speech where, I forgot exactly what she said, but it's during that speech where Steve finds that assurance that like, okay, no, I'm right in feeling that the accords are bad and mm-hmm. I'm going to stand by the fact that I don't think it's a good idea to sign them. And he doesn't. I, I feel like,
5: yeah, he did, he didn't, and then there was a whole thing where he he tracks down Bucky, and then they're like escaping that little apartment mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: running, mm-hmm. and then Black Panther follows them
0: in Bucharest.
5: Oh, yeah, is that what it's is Bucharest?
0: There, okay. yeah, they're in, I don't know then, for like, a hot minute. I thought they were in Budapest, and I was like, no, that's not right,
5: and then like. They're they're running. Then Black Panther comes out nowhere, and then you see like whizzing by cars. That right? scene where there's like the cameras like boom, mm-hmm. It was like oh, it's a show. That they're faster than cars, and they got caught, right? And then they took Bucky to the containment, and then Steve and Tony was there in the shield headquarters. And I think that's where I could I I, I swear that's where Steve almost signed because Tony pulled out a pen. He was like oh, this is a pen that I used to sign this document. This document not to be signed for the accords. And then he was about to sign it. And then they were talking about Wanda for a second. We're like, we're like, Tony said, oh, Wanda is dangerous. She needs to be kept under check. And then Steve was like, she's a kid, God damn it. And then he walks away from signing it. You remember that scene?
0: Yeah, I remember that well, scene.
5: He almost signed it until they mentioned Wanda. And then he, yeah. Because like, there's a the part where he says, like, Steve said, there'd have to be amendments. Yeah. Or yeah. there'd have to be some sort of whatever. And Tony was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's what amendments were for," and he was about to sign it right there. Yeah. So I don't want to waste too much time finding the exact timestamp of the scene. No, 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 of course. But, but, in agreement to what Steve says in that clip, you said that if the course could be changed, right, or amendments yeah. negotiated, or another,
0: yeah, like they could negotiate negotiate on all of the terms. So, for example that they wouldn't be prevented from going to a fight where they okay. feel that they are needed or okay. yeah. Um, I know like one of them is even, I forgot the exact wording, but it's basically saying like, if you are a super person, or if you are someone with powers, you need yeah. to come forward and reveal your identity.
5: Okay. So that in, sp- in particular, like, for example, in the Civil War comics, I'm actually read the comics. I read a bit. I didn't finish the whole thing. But Tony recruited Spider-Man in the comics, and then Peter Parker like reveals his identity to the world, so that he can be on the Accords or whatever version of the Accords is in the comic books. And then I think, if I remember correctly, as a consequence, like his enemies attack Aunt May because yeah. now the whole world yes. knew. He was Peter I, I
0: read about that.
5: Right, and so I'm like, sure, like yeah, you're you're a superhuman with, and you have to disclose your identity to the public because you're now working for the government. But at the same time, it's like, why can't you think about the consequences onto you and your family and your friends and your loved ones? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I feel like that shouldn't be a requirement in the Accords, first of all. Right? Yeah. Because of that exact reason for, like, Peter Parker and such, you know, to to keep their own private life.
0: I Mm -hmm. can't, I, like, that's the thing, though. And I so totally agree with that because if they reveal their identity and, you know, the whole world now knows who they are. Exactly. The people who are closest to them mm-hmm. are going to be in harm's way. And not even just, you know, family or friends. It could be their neighbors. It could be the peop- other people who live on their street or in their apartment complex. Mm-hmm. The people who go to their school, like the play- people who go, who work exactly. at the same place as them. Like there's so many people that could end up being casualties by being attacked
5: like you saw the no way home trailer right yeah and so like there was a there was a point where it was like it's not just peter parker like it's not just me it's my friends and too. and you see like a camera shot of ned or like i think Mm -hmm. may being interviewed or like you know um
0: yeah because no they were all brought in for questioning exactly
5: all brought in for questioning and so i'm like i think that part's touching that aspect of the Civil War comic books Mysterio, Mr. that Jake Gyllenhaal, like, revealed <laughs> his identity, right? So, so that's one thing that I think should not be a requirement. Another thing would be, like, again, like, I do agree that there should be checks, like, check and balances to keep them in check, like, some so, some form of regulations, like an OSHA. Yeah. What does, I'm not sure what OSHA means again, but it has to do with, like, health, safety and stuff yeah. like that. Like, there'd have to be some guidelines that they can and cannot do, I guess, so that Actually, no. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's so nuanced, right? Because like every single situation, every single conflict they run into, is so different from each other.
0: Yeah. That
5: there's like no way to write a guideline for each one,
0: right? It's a like, t- like it's a really tough one.
5: Like, how could you write a guideline predicting an Ultron attack or a freaking Thanos attack? Like, what's the guidelines for the snap? You know, like mm-hmm. what? Like, oh, because the snap happened and half the population was gone you guys into your job you guys are going to jail like would that be part of guidelines too
0: exactly that that's actually a really good point to bring up actually Mm -hmm. because those are all situations where it's kind of like how could you predict that exactly how could they have they could have known of thanos like they could have gained knowledge of who he is or what his Mm -hmm. motive is but how could they actually predict that Thanos would get all the Infinity Stones exactly. right down and snap his fingers. Like, mm-hmm. how could you possibly predict that? How could he have possibly? I mean, in terms of so, like, in terms of Ultron, how could you have predicted that he was going to kind of Rave, flip? A, <laughs> like <laughs> a the
5: city, and you as like a meteor, you're just like that's not following guidelines. That's
0: falling. <laughs> I can't. It's one of yeah. those situations. Where what would be the guidelines for that? Like, do you want to take the time to predict the worst case scenario?
5: Exactly.
0: And set up for that and figure out what to do for that?
5: Mm Mm-hmm. And what about like, you know, cops have, I'm not sure how it is in Canada, but cops have qualified immunity, right? Or, Or like, what's it called? Something qualified immunity where they're designed to protect, I think, incompetence. I don't know the exact definition, but. What if the Avengers did something wrong? Would they be protected from jail time? like let's say they accidentally did something they shouldn't have like Wanda, yeah, should Wanda go to jail for accidentally killing those people when she threw up a suicidal um what's his face Rumlow yeah, yeah. should she go to jail for that yeah, she was it was an accident, but twelve people died
0: mm-hmm.
5: that's another that's another thing like how should that be written in the accords, you know? Yes, I do think I would accept a Sokovia Accords that was negotiated and amended heavily upon and reiterated year after year after year. But I wouldn't be the one to be writing it because I'm not qualified to say <laughs> what should be in it or what should not be in it, you know? I do think there should be a system in place, but I also don't think the UN should have total control over it. Because mm-hmm. do you remember once in Avengers? Where the was Loki and his aliens were attacking New York, or yeah. Manhattan, or whatever, and then there was a scene where Nick Fury was debating with like this council. Yeah. And then Nick Fury was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna send my team over to fight them." And the teams and the council was like, "No, nah, we're gonna send a nuke. We're gonna send a nuke." That <laughs> Dude, are we trusting those guys to run the Avengers now? They they straight up said they're gonna nuke Manhattan while it's under yeah. attack. Are we gonna trust those guys to
0: That's regulate
5: where the Avengers go? So.
0: I can't. No, I completely agree. And you know, to quote Nick Fury, you know, considering it's a stupid ass decision.
5: Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> That's such a good point. Because what? How was that a good idea? Like I under yeah. I understand. I think I understand their basis for it, but why not give these this group of people mm-hmm. the chance? To do what they teamed up for,
5: exactly,
0: and look at like and look at how it ended. They succeeded. Mm-hmm. Tony almost died, yes, but <laughs> they succeeded, and mm-hmm. they basically just kind of look like clowns because they were fully ready to kill.
5: <laughs> yeah, Very hey, where, where's the punishment? Like, if the imagine, imagine the public found out they almost got nuked.
0: Oh, it's okay. Almost all of them died in the Winter Soldier. <laughs> that True. was their punishment.
5: <laughs> and imagine, imagine this: like, what if something like, you know, for example, Shield, right, controlled the Avengers in a way,
2: mm-hmm.
5: while it was being, you know, taken over by Hydra? Then Hydra would have used Avengers in the for their own agenda. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way of, there's no way of us of knowing if the people in charge of the Avengers. Or the Sokovia cores or whatnot have like good moral standing in the first place. It goes back to what Captain America said like agendas change. Exactly. People have their own agendas. They're being sneaky. They're doing things behind the scenes that they want the public to know for their own benefit. So, yeah, I, I, like the only way I think the Sokovia cores could work out is if like Steve Rogers wrote them. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, actually, um, kind of in terms of the negotiations, I. Huh. One of my friends, we were talking about this whole situation. And what she brought up was why wasn't there someone representing the Avengers there oh. when the Accords were being created? Someone there who could speak for them and uh-huh. you know protect them and their kind of, they're like their rights.
5: Matt Murdoch, man, where are you?
0: <laughs> Bring him in, it's time. <laughs> but hey. that's the whole situation because uh-huh. there wasn't anyone there. To speak on their behalf when the accords were being put in place. So, for example, the identifying yourself and bringing yourself forward if you are a super person or if you you know have weird like witchy little powers. (laughs) No one was there to protect those people.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, for example, Spider, like Peter, existing.
5: He's a minor too. He's
0: a minor. Like no Uh one. Obviously, Far From Home changes that, but like no one knows who he (laughs) he is. He's just this Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that yeah, yeah. kind of chills in Queens. That's it. And he, he was at the time, you know, not even involved in anything major at all. Mm-hmm. But it's the point is like he's a minor. Who protects those people? Like exactly should those should that have a different situation? Should they be held on the same level as you know mm-hmm. the Avengers? There's are so many different questions to kind of consider and again it comes back to why wasn't there someone there exactly to represent them
5: like were any of them qualified in like the realm of legal and law and you know all that to even read no. it
0: <laughs> like no <laughs> maybe <laughs> I mean again like my friend kind of brought up another point but Tony having that kind of business mindset and that business eye, like maybe he could um, understand some of the wording a little bit better. And Mm -hmm. since as a business owner, these are things he's seen before kind of like legal, obviously he's handed them off to, you know, like Pepper before, but the point is he does have that viewpoint and that kind of unique perspective to kind of look at them. Meanwhile, Everyone else never really thinks from that legal standpoint, mm-hmm. or could really understand like the full scope of it. I Agree. <laughs> but, yeah.
5: There's, again, there's too many nuances for me to say. Again, like what should be in it, what shouldn't it be, how should it, how should it be written? You know.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's it, a, it, yeah, it's definitely it's a very unique situation, but it's
5: a good question. It's a, it's question.
0: a good one, right? Yeah. I. I'm a little proud of that one <laughs> because that's something that I've considered and a question that I've almost like asked myself like, what would be, how would it have changed if the terms could actually be negotiated on or if things could be changed? But any last thoughts on Team Captain America or even just Civil War in general?
5: I mean, at the end of it all, like, did the accords matter? Like, looking right now where they are, the MCU. Do the accords matter?
0: <laughs> Good question. Right? I, they don't matter as much as they did in Civil War.
5: I think it was just a Civil War thing because women in Infinity, Infinity War were like.
0: It was referenced. It was like.
5: Rogers like, came back and then there, there was Rody talking to um about Ross. Ross. Yeah. And then Ross was like, oh, didn't you sign the accords? And Rody was like, I'm starting to regret that now. And then Rogers came and he was like, Brody, go arrest Rogers. Like, no, you stupid. And then they just completely ignored it. Like, I don't think the chords are relevant anymore, which goes to show that Captain America was right. He
0: it's, was right. yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's so dumb with the whole accord situation because mm-hmm. they're only referenced to now. Like, they kind of reference yeah. them in WandaVision um, with like mm-hmm. the whole situation of, breaking down vision (laughs) yeah at sword uh god horrible (laughs) heartbreaking scene but yes that's all it is now it's Uh just something like a reference point and it's really difficult to gauge how much the accords actually matter so i'm kind of here like are they gonna bring it back in the movies as a like significant plot point who knows maybe it'll be brought up in no way home Mm i don't really know at this point i mean there's already so many theories about what's going to happen with no way home like why not throw this one into the mix as well (laughs) but
5: speaking of No way home j jonah jameson would have definitely been for the accords right he would have oh,
0: been yeah he 100%. wants the yeah. scoop on every super person <laughs> and you know getting the identity of spider-man yes, oh, yes. beautiful beautiful he would mm-hmm. have been like even but he, <laughs> he's such an interesting character though because here's the thing the whole mystery of it of who is spider-man is what yep. makes it interesting it no longer becomes interesting once you have a name
5: yeah, it's like oh, it's that high schooler. Cool. Okay.
0: All right, I'm done with <laughs> it now. Like, yeah. what's the next interesting mystery or next <laughs> big question? Yeah, he's out of the job then.
5: Yeah, yeah. By then, it's like all right. What do you do now, Jay Johnson Jameson? Like
0: the average daily stuff, petty, mm-hmm. petty drama. But no, like the whole big thing is like who is Spider-Man? Like, who is this menace? Who is like-
5: A masked menace, right?
0: That's what makes it so interesting. And why, you know, like he keeps sending Peter Parker out to get photos of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> keeps the story alive. But uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, I guess, I mean, I don't really have any other questions for you. Uh, I mean, I, if you want to chime in with any final thoughts before we end it now is the time
5: i think just thank you for having me like never been on a podcast this is pretty fun you know like if you have any more episodes in the future oh there's going
0: to be so many and you are welcome to come
5: thank you any of
0: them completely up to you name your Uh favorite one favorite movie and we'll schedule you in infinite war (laughs) all right you're in We're going to talk about Infinity War in a couple months. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. This was so fun. Well, there you have it. Thank you again to Emma, Robbie, Sean, and Alvin for joining me for this episode. I had such an amazing time speaking with each of them and hearing why they are on the team that they are. Make sure you let me know where you stand on this. And let me know if anything they said stood out to you. We'd love to hear it. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I know I did. This was definitely a little different from my previous episodes, and it was definitely exciting to try something new. So check me out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can find me at OShoot oh Podcast on all of those platforms. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and drop me a five-star rating and review. I would greatly appreciate it. Now that about wraps things up for this episode. So don't forget, stay nerdy.